0: In this 1998 ensemble dramedy, which focuses on three sisters, their family, and acquaintances as they attempt to navigate their personal demons in the pursuit of happiness. Jane Addams, Lara Flynn Boyd, and Dylan Baker star in the film that Roger Ebert once glowingly called depraved and not for most people. Kay, have you seen Happiness? Have not. No, me neither, because that's how guests are going to work for us. We're going to watch movies that neither of us have seen <laughs> that the guest brings to us and has to kind of talk to us about their experience.
1: I have not seen the movie Happiness, uh... but I know it by reputation, and its reputation is very specific. Oh, and yeah. uh, for sure, not a movie for everybody, because it deals with some very adults very dark themes.
0: Yeah. So I will say um for anybody who's watching movies along with us, this one is a little bit dark and a little bit a lot of bit dark and a lot of it sexually explicit. So if that's not really your bag, then maybe just let us watch it or skip that episode or whatever you want to do. You know, trigger warning, consider it given. It seems the things I've
2: wanted in my life I've never had. So it's no surprise Happiness where are you I you Happiness what are you I haven't got a clue Happiness
0: why do you have to
1: stay All right hello and welcome to K Have you seen? My name is Kyle. I'm Kari And uh, today we're doing something a little bit different. If you heard our last episode, you know that we are bringing in a guest for the first time in K, Have You Seen History? Uh, guest, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
3: Hello, I am Jeb, and I am sorry that I break the K naming convention. <laughs> no
1: problem. You're not Jeb too is far not, off. Yeah, yeah, J's okay. It's an pretty, adjacent letter. Pretty close yes. in the alphabet, so yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, Jeb, uh, I'm so glad that you could join us. Thank you for being a part of this. and love you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, uh, let the folks know who you are and uh, what to expect from yeah, you. Yeah,
3: I am uh, just generally a degenerate who likes to <laughs> make people watch movies that make them very uncomfortable. Cool. That's a uh, yeah.
0: successful mission. <laughs> yeah,
3: yay! <laughs> <laughs> General background, I live in Los Angeles. I'm a video editor and uh, I pretend that gives me authority to talk about movies. Hey, us too,
0: so you're in good yeah, company.
1: Absolutely. And uh, you picked a doozy of a movie for us today, and I'm. Uh, it was a bold choice. Um, now, before we get into tonight's actual selection, you gave us a couple of options to pick from. And uh, before we get into what the one we actually got on for tonight, why don't you tell us a little bit about the other ones that you brought to the table as suggestions? Ooh, yeah, let me pull
3: up what they were. Sure, of course. So I can't remember. <laughs> Let's see, we have... Oh, yeah, okay so other movies I talked about Bubba Hotep mm-hmm. uh, another great mm. a movie I was actually very disappointed in when I first saw it because okay. I watched it expecting it to be a uh, so bad it's good movie uh-huh. uh, but was surprised to learn it's a legitimately actually good movie good, yeah. about oh. aging and uh, a mummy that sucks out people's souls through their ass so oh. yeah I
0: mean when lovely. I was looking up the movies I was legitimately intrigued by this one so yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe round two mm-hmm.
3: yeah maybe round two uh, the Neon Demon, which is a personal favorite of mine that I wanted to talk about because I'm just baffled by all the hate that it's gotten. So mm-hmm. many people I know just loathe this movie, mostly because it bills itself as a horror movie, which is a very untraditional horror movie. There's not a lot of horror in it overall. Although I would say, you know, it's it's uh, Nicholas Reffin, right. and it is. It basically is to horror movies what Drive was to an action movie.
1: And you know, it's yeah. uh, To jump in very briefly, it's interesting that you said that it was it kind of marketed itself as a horror movie because when I first saw the trailer, I didn't really get that impression at all. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember when I first saw the trailer, my reaction was: I have no idea what this movie is about, yeah. but I want to watch it desperately. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful movie. Yeah, Beautiful looks movie. like it all I, it looked like all style, no substance from the trailer, but I was very okay with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway,
3: yeah. Uh, dirty Work, the directorial debut of Bob Saget, is the next movie on my list. Wow! Uh, oh, I didn't Norm realize McDonald's that was. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, written by Norm Macdonald, my my favorite comedian, and uh, yeah, just very underrated, mostly forgotten movie. I think is is the unless you read Norm's excellent memoir that came out last year, in okay. which he claims that he wears a Dirty Work hat and T-shirt every day. Uh, <laughs> and there was a Crooked Man, which is. Probably my least favorite movie on this list, but I think it's a movie very worthy of discussion. I, I find it a little too cynical. it has a little bit of it goes a little too far on it's like westerns are dumb kind of attitude toward, hmm. toward westerns, but hmm. great performances and a really great set. It all takes place inside this prison in the middle of the desert which they really built like this entire town prison in the middle of the desert oh. and is, uh, has a lot of interesting production things about it. Awesome.
1: Which brings us, I suppose, to our actual selection for tonight, which I would hazard to say is one of the most notorious movies of at least the 90s. Uh, And it is... I knew it by reputation, which we can talk about uh, a little bit later on. Um, But the movie for tonight is Happiness. um, A movie that probably a lot of people are not familiar with at all. Um... I, I wasn't.
0: So the yeah. reputation, I would lay it on us. What is the reputation of this movie?
1: So I remember the first time I heard about it was in an Entertainment Weekly article mm-hmm. where it just ha- like mentioned probably, not probably, certainly the most controversial storyline of these, this this multi-storyline sure. movie in passing. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And for some reason, it always like stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard it pop- popping up in different contexts uh, over the years since then but um yeah uh do we have an actual like just a uh, uh, a summary or a uh, uh the one well, yeah the one on IMDb is bad
0: yeah uh, that's what it, we we're finding it does finding.
1: a very
3: good bad job of
0: it. Uh, um, well the, the
1: one on uh let's see here let's see wikipedia here says portrays the lives of three sisters their families and those around them great that
0: is the most generic you could possibly get about <laughs> yeah. this very specific <laughs> movie I mean, Rotten Tomatoes isn't much better. It has the lives of many individuals connected by the desire for happiness, often from sources usually considered dark or evil. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit better because it gets at the darkness that is definitely inherent. The way
3: I like to describe it is it is a movie about having empathy with people you don't want to have empathy with.
0: Okay, that I definitely felt because I I did feel like this was one of those, like, which one are you? Like, who are you? Mm -hmm. There was moments where I was like, seeing parts of my life in different people and different storylines where I was like, oh, no. I, I will say
1: this. Happiness deals with the subject of sex the way that 12 Years a Slave deals with the subject of race. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: a good one. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> so take that for what you will before we go any further. We are going to get real...
3: Yeah, dark. I guess general content warning on this because this is one of the reasons I, I hemmed and hawed about this decision sure. is... There are a lot of things in it that could make people... I, like, I said this to Kari beforehand, the, the the tone I was hoping to set was like, holy shit, what the fuck is this movie? And not yeah. like, I want to die. Because <laughs> right. that's not fun for, sure. for a podcast. And episode. I will say this, uh, having yeah.
2: ha-
1: for me, having actually heard of this movie before, I can't ever say I was actually ever that intrigued. Mm-hmm. I was never thought, I should watch that at some point. The fact that you brought this to the table and kind of gave me like an actual motivation, like a specific reason to watch this movie, mm-hmm. I'm glad you did mm-hmm. because otherwise I probably would never have watched it. Sure. Not sure necessarily how I feel about that, but at the same time, I'm I'm kind of glad that I guess I I'm glad that I've seen it.
0: Yeah, we will dive in, but um, before we get too far into it, if we have adequately covered I think so. synopsis um what where does this movie fit into your life like how did you first see it and what does it mean to you what are your strong feelings how did i first see this movie
3: i was probably a senior or junior in high school and just sort of stumbled upon it because the perfect was...
1: age to not be shocked by anything exactly
3: yeah, yeah 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 and i was just generally trying to be edgy i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, adds up yeah yeah and i love this movie I think it is brilliant, and I think it is, uh, it makes me cry. Oh. And, uh, it, yeah, I think it is one of the, I think Todd Salons is one of the best American filmmakers. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up very early on, just because I'm not super familiar with his work, mm-hmm. but Todd Salons definitely seems like the kind of director who is very much drawn to material that makes people super uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, 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 I saw Welcome to the Dollhouse mm-hmm. many, many, many years ago, and I don't remember hardly anything about it, but I definitely remember thinking, like, ooh, this is supposed to be a comedy in theory.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. Welcome to the Dollhouse is a great companion piece to this movie. It was a yeah. movie he made immediately before this. Okay. And uh, it's sort of about, it's sort of the same thing. It's about having empathy with the most annoying kid you remember going to elementary school with. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and it's, it's a really good movie for a number of reasons, especially the endings. I'll talk about the, comparing the endings of these two movies later once uh-huh. we get around to the Okay.
2: End. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, well, we actually, we never really actually did discuss what this movie is actually about. And yeah. Kari, having gone in the coldest of the cold of the three of us, could you describe this movie? Like, how would you describe this movie? Because I I went in sort of cheating because I knew a little bit about it. And right. I knew nothing.
0: No, I knew pretty much... I only knew what Jeb had told me as he was telling me which movies he wanted to, to potentially watch. So, um, I mean, it's an ensemble piece about... Yeah, people kind of, I wouldn't even say wrestling with their demons. It's not about redemption in that way. It's its, not at it's all, an ensemble say. piece about no. just kind of living your life and being potentially shitty people. It, it Honestly, what it reminded me the most of was shows like Girls or Insecure, where it's sure. like, especially Girls, where it's an ensemble of people that you don't always, exactly like you said, Want to relate to but you you definitely do and it's kind of it's not shy about your worst nature and this one is like it gets real deep Cranks into worse i mean we've been, <laughs> we've
1: been dancing around it basically like you know there's the different threads in the story because it, it's like kind of a pulp fictiony structure in the sense that it deals with like different groups of characters that like intertwine mm-hmm. and they all deal with like different people's like, I don't remember who, which of you mentioned it, but a uh, I think you said it was like about like the pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. like what actually makes these people happy. And for some people, it's very mundane domestic drama stuff. For some people, it is literally child molestation. Yeah. This, yeah. Like, let's get that out right now, because if that's going to turn it, we're, we're, I mean, we're 10 minutes in on this okay. podcast. This movie deals with a child molester as one of the main characters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And a kind of un well, I mean, we're talking about the pursuit of happiness. None of them find happiness at the end of this movie. Like this is not about finding happiness, this is about the pursuit of happiness. I would argue that
1: happiness. one person at least finds happiness by the end of the movie. But we'll we can For a fleeting okay. moment. For okay. a second, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um but anyway, that yeah, it it deals with like these different people and um the sliding scale of how extreme the storylines are is miles long like would you agree like there's it goes from very mundane sort of like elderly people i don't know if i love you anymore to literally child molestation right right? Right.
0: that's i mean to me i wrote this down somewhere but i feel like it's an exercise in too much like everyone can find their personal line and where they are uncomfortable in this movie and even the characters themselves i feel like find their personal line of where they are what is too much for them yes especially like the father that's kind of his his last conversation is exactly about that but as I was watching it there was I was going back and forth on the scale of like oh this is funny and then like oh this makes me uncomfortable and then oh I find this really hard to watch and I think everyone's line yeah. is probably a little different within it but I do feel like that was intentional
1: sure and let's kind of start with like the very first scene because I feel like that definitely does a great job yes. of setting the tone the The scene between John Lovitz and I cannot remember the actress's uh, name Jane Adams. Jane Adams. Yeah. Who plays joy that's a heck of a character name in a movie called happiness joy jordan anyway and they're on a date their last date specifically because joy dumps john lovitz
0: and also john lovitz dies (laughs) also john lovitz
1: kills himself himself later in the movie but we'll get to that in that opening scene though of just the date i don't know that i've ever had my like character loyalties Shift as much <laughs> in dialogue. Yeah, I was legitimately unclear as to which of those two was going to be the character we ended up following for the like throughout mm. later uh, on in yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Especially because John Lovitz was such a big star at the time. Oh they sure, was only like, in the yeah. movie for first, have, first five minutes. Yeah. John Lovitz
0: and Molly Shannon get used <laughs> like nothing. Yeah. I, yeah, like they just get used up and mm. thrown away yeah. in one scene. So. Uh, yeah but no I John Lovett's
3: got two scenes he was only
0: alive in one of them but (laughs) he just had to stay very still they did film a
3: scene where he a a suicide scene for John Lovett that does not surprise me me.
1: (laughs) Um, but that's the kind of movie this is so you know Um, but yeah I mean it definitely set the tone of just like you know like these people that are trying to find something that they can't quite define with each other and Mm -hmm. thinking they know exactly like john lovett's thinking he knows that she is just like the woman to make him happy and then like basically when she breaks up with him he makes a very vindictive like well Fuck you, kind
3: of a moment. I'm champagne and you're shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I'm champagne. Oh my god, that was great. I mean, I don't know. I was kind of with him. I was like, yeah, show her the fucking smoking bowl, mm-hmm. whatever he gave her. Mm-hmm. Not smoking bowl, but like ashtray. 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 That's ashtray. A was like smoking bowl.
1: Yes, that's a, that's the technical term. <laughs>
0: whatever. But yeah, he. I don't know. He was, you know, he was like a saying his affirmations and then walking out of the movie kind of of mood, so.
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, just like, it, it sets up kind of the, one of the themes of like, everybody's got like everybody's got desires in their life
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and unattractive people have desires in their life and that and like was john loveth but also making sure that we are well aware that that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to sympathize with those people it's like oh these people that are kind of like society's punching bags in in some cases like the john john loveth is clearly set up to be like the kind of person who you're like oh he's a schlub whatever Mm -hmm. but at the
3: same time it's like you We would have sympathy with him if it wasn't such an asshole. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I I think, uh, yeah, one of the things I think is interesting about this movie, I noticed as I was reading reviews of it, just to get what other people had thought about it, a lot of people were comparing it to Woody Allen movies, which I think is bad because it's it's a direct rejection of the ethos of Woody Allen movies, specifically Mm -hmm. the Joy storyline in particular. Uh, and, and that opening scene mm-hmm. as well. I, I think that that was very uh, insightful, which is about you think John Lovitz is sort of going to be the character that we follow at mm-hmm. first, and in a Woody Allen movie, he would be. Oh, for the, sure. The asshole who's getting broken up with, who you're supposed to, like, get on board with his vindictive monologue, mm-hmm. would be the guy who we would follow and, and supposed to think is lovable, but in real life, he just kills himself. Yes.
0: <laughs> and he's done. Yeah, because yeah, Joy is set up very, like, flaky at the beginning you're mm-hmm. kind of supposed to be like because then she's like crying in her sister's kitchen and very like uh all these bad things keep happening to me and she's like oh did you get broken up with and she's like no but like <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: and but yeah you do I don't, the sympathy shifts yeah. so well and so deftly between Mm -hmm. characters there's times where you're just like oh man like yeah I I get this Mm -hmm. and then times where you're just like oh no 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 no, I can't be on your team Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and there's that and then there's also like that opening scene kind of sets up the other I what I thought was one of the through line themes of the movie which is the sex lives of people you don't even notice which eventually morphs into alternatively the mundane lives of perverts Yes, (laughs)
3: Yes. <laughs> yes, you know, uh, yeah, the two sides of that coin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
1: So, uh, yeah, that was a—I mean, as far as first scenes go, that was a very strong one in mm-hmm. terms of like just stating the thesis
3: of this movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Also, he says that restaurant is three and a half star, like Michelin stars. uh
3: probably uh, Zagat. <laughs> I yeah. Okay. Uh, I, this was you know pre pre Yelp, so Zagat, which uh, is where okay. you got your pre Yelp, basically, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I
0: was like, damn, he took her to a. Three plus star Michelin <laughs> restaurant which I don't think is even possible yeah. <laughs> and she broke up with him but yeah that was funny
1: but uh, yeah from there we are introduced to um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character yeah. who is uh, very quickly again starts off being seeming like just a sympathetic empathis- emphasis on pathetic character um, and then he immediately he's talking about like his neighbor and it's like Oh, like she's so perfect, and she, I love her. And I just want to fuck the shit out of her. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But he's like, you know, he's he's opening up to his therapist, who is not paying attention to him. Uh, um. Yeah. But we're introduced to this character who's just like a, like a sad sack, and it's definitely one of those things where it's like if we didn't see him behind closed doors, we would just think that he's just like a pathetic dude, like he's just pining after his attractive neighbor. But when I say attractive, I mean literally a supermodel, Laura Flynn yeah, Boyle. Yeah. She is um. Perfect. Anyway, uh, who's I don't care for her in this movie but not her performance her character she oh was, you're not supposed to no yeah. obviously obviously It's <laughs> interesting
0: though because <laughs> I feel like in any other movie she would be the hateable one and she was the most normal of anyone like that is a uh, real life wife. but
1: yeah, yes. yeah but she's married
0: to a pervert yeah right? yeah, yeah. But, uh,
1: like the three the three sisters were the most normal people in the movie, I right, would say. But out of yeah. the
0: sisters, I feel like she had her shit together the most. Ah,
1: I would argue that, but we'll we'll, we can get, to we'll get to her. But yeah, so we're introduced to Philip Seymour Hoffman as the uh, obscene phone caller we later find out what? who is making he's literally just going through the phone book and making obscene phone calls to women. Um and we're also introduced to Dr. Bill um who is without question the most notorious character in this movie. Um, played
3: phenomenally by Dylan Baker yes. really, shout out to Dylan Baker yeah. <laughs> yeah it takes he's one of our
0: listeners so I'm glad yeah, to yeah. did that
1: it takes a certain something to take a role like yeah, this absolutely. without a doubt and
3: yeah. with a face like Dylan Baker to take <laughs> yes. a role like this. sorry <laughs> Dylan Baker where do I know him from when, I didn't do my research everything. on this one he's been in some yeah. stuff The
0: Good Wife did you watch The Good Wife uh, I'm familiar with it but did yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's been in so many things okay this is definitely a movie full of like oh that guy mm-hmm. uh, yeah
3: uh, my second favorite performance of his is in the short-lived NBC show Kings where he plays oh. uh, Ian McShane, who is the king of America's brother-in-law, In Colleen Culkin plays his son. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing! I, I could see the resemblance. Yeah. how did that
1: not get picked up for like 19 seasons? I asked I the know.
0: exact same questions. I'm gonna so, look it up. Yeah.
1: Um. But anyway, let's like because this movie does follow like several different through lines. I guess it it kind of makes sense to kind of just talk about like one at a time. Yeah. And I might as well really start with uh Dylan Thomas's because like that's the one that's like the most Dylan, sorry, what I, Dylan Thomas? Oh, God, he Dylan did, Baker, it, sorry.
0: Just wanted to make that clear. Bill, Bill, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, Bill. He's, he's Bill yeah.
1: Dr., yeah, Dr. Doc,
0: something. Dr. Bill Maplewood, Maplewood.
1: Maplewood. Maplewood. yeah. Maplewood, yeah. thank you. We find out very early on that he is a pedophile. Like, it's very yeah, early goes, in his in, his, in his He goes into yeah. a
3: gas station and buys a children's magazine, and then uh, masturbates to her in a car. Yeah. I thought maybe was
0: he was closeted, and then it became very clear that that was not the case. They may have I mean, partially up until the a certain place, point but in the movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, they make it pretty blunt. Um,
0: and actually, which I mean, should just closeted gay. Like, oh, not yeah, even,
1: right, right, right. Yeah. But then,
3: yeah, And like, I feel yeah. it's worth pointing out that this movie is frank but not graphic. Correct. So if you're having concerns about watching this movie because you don't want to see a child be molested on screen, we that does that. not happen.
1: Which yeah, yeah. I'll or, be very, I'll be very honest. I was expecting it to actually be more graphic than mm. it was, okay. based on the context of the movie that I had seen up to that point. Yeah,
0: right. And I, th- I thought maybe the whole like not seeing it that was going to turn out to be some kind of twist of like, mm. oh no, I didn't do th- like. No, nope, sure you sure did. Don't really? Yeah, twice. Did. Actually. You also speaking of it not being graphic, you see more cum than people may be comfortable with. Oh, that's true. <laughs> than you mean, I you was mean, comfortable. You
1: mean with. any when in the context <laughs> yeah, is an eleven-year-old really boy?
0: see... It, that much in movies, except for like. It's just the liquidy part of the top of the Greek yogurt. It's not really. <laughs> it's <laughs>
3: They're not using real Will you no. Greek yogurt <laughs> for me? Just stir it
1: up real good. It's fine. Yeah.
3: It and his like wife, good. which is the sister of Laura Flynn Boyle and Jane Adams, Correct. That is, yeah. not, that is the connection. Yeah, the all American of this kids. revolves
0: around yeah. one family, which yeah. isn't really. They don't really get into like family stuff too much like mm. it, it's kind of coincidental that they're all related i feel like mm-hmm. like there's some mm-hmm. interaction between them but not it's not because they are a f- right. family like right. they could have been friends or something and it would have been the same I
1: yeah think. but yeah i mean the, the, the whole i mean without getting too deep into detail here i mean it's just like that that particular storyline dealing with bill and like drugging he basically not not just his son's friend but his entire family there's a scene where he like you know he drugs his entire family with like knockout pills basically so yeah.
3: he can molest his son's friend yeah mm-hmm.
1: and the scene with the sandwich that was drugged when everybody else has already fallen asleep and he's trying to get he, the kid to eat like the drug sandwich
3: Almost wily coyote esque escapade (laughs) to get this kid to take sleeping pills. What I was
1: what I was actually reminded of was like there's like the famous scene in Psycho where Mm -hmm. Norman Bates is trying to get rid of a car with all the evidence in it by dumping it into like quicksand or whatever, and it's like studied in every film school in the land where the car is sinking and then it stops sinking and then the audience is supposed to like tense up because they're like, ooh, is it not going to sink? forcing you almost to be like sympathetic with like the villain, right?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and I felt very much like this scene was following that tre- that not trend, but like that uh idea mm-hmm. of trying to force the audience to be in suspense because the villain, the objective villain's plan was not going to work. Villain protagonist, I guess Maybe I should the say. The worst
3: person in any movie. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Very I likely.
0: Didn't, I didn't totally feel that suspense during that scene, but <laughs> I didn't, like, his marriage and his relationship with his son, I was, like, totally sympathetic for. Like, awesome. his marriage was definitely, like, he and his wife had moments where I was like, yeah, that's that's a good marriage. Well, their conversation
3: in bed uh, about, like, why they don't have sex anymore. Yeah. Know, yeah. Rings very true, and it's a very good scene. And
0: the work. first scene yeah. where they're interacting, like, I was kind of like, okay, Trish is annoying, but then they have she's like why no matter how much shit you give me or how shittily you treat me do I still like love you and stuff and that that scene was like very sweet and I was like that's a yeah. that's a good marriage but then that, he's just the kind rotten
1: alternatively the scenes between Bill and his son Billy I have never cringed Harder and for a more sustained period of time than watching.
3: Because look, they, Kyle, what Ronnie Farber doesn't understand is <laughs> no, <laughs> not No, like oh, <laughs> no. <Jesus>. No.
0: <laughs> no. From I mean, the
1: very first one to the very last one, I was like, "Oh
0: God, why?" I cringed, but I am pro sex-positive conversations with yes. our children. Like, yeah, come on, absolutely. like they- so. I'm. You don't see that in relationships between parents and children, and I was like. You're doing something right. The first several times they had the conversation, I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's a good dad." Like to have that conversation and not feel, like make him shameful about it. So, and then it was like, "Oh no!" The this fact is that
1: every person. interaction he had with Billy came after the scene where he bought the magazine and jerked off in the backseat okay. of his car. It, it
3: right.
0: makes yeah. it makes
1: it very obvious that there is something else going on in his conversation. Yeah, because you're right. Those kind of like frank discussions. Should happen between parents I and their know. kids.
0: And there was no shame. It was
1: like, However, yeah. very, very, very obvious that there was, like, the sub subtext mm. was very. What, clear. What,
3: what Kyle is saying is kids out there, go home and tell your dad you bet he has a real big penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Take laughs> Kyle. And why? <laughs>
0: That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. It's so weird that in this
3: episode, this is the second
1: episode in a row where we've talked about a movie with at least one scene where a dad com- comments on his son's uh, dick size, which is weird.
0: Oh, yeah. There was some other connection that I can't remember, but it'll be. So she's the there. Man,
1: really? Oh, she's... not
3: she's the... Like I think start. to I the... I not remember the title of the movie, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's our... That yeah. was a throwaway that joke, boy. but yeah. still. <laughs> that's, that's my boy. That's my boy, yeah. <laughs> It's more nudity in yeah. the soccer game. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway but yeah um is this so for me i watched this and was kind of like it's like a sex in the city girls insecure type thing where you're kind of supposed to see yourself in little bits in different characters but also almost a cast i'm i mean no one's gonna be like oh yeah i'm a dr people would no. <laughs> <Hopefully. laughs> if you are please seek help oh, yeah. you're, you're sick i'm but, totally a
1: philip seymour no i'm not
0: oh but like did you guys have that i'm i feel like that's much more of a like female-targeted content thing where you're supposed to cast yourself as one of these people think, or see yourself in your in I don't this think you're Did you, you see to, that way?
3: I don't think you're supposed to cast yourself as one of these people. I sure. think the point of the movie is to have empathy but not sympathy
0: mm-hmm. for these people. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh, I think that's the, the delicate line that, it, that it's trying to, to trying to walk there. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, th- there are moments where, of course, you're supposed to, like, relate to them because mm-hmm. you're supposed to... that's the only way you can justify these things to, to yourself. Uh, and I think a lot of people relate to both Joy and John Lovitz in that first scene, obviously. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been through a breakup. Uh, but, yeah, the stories do get less relatable as they go along. Mm-hmm. But it does tie in yeah. these little human moments to, to connect you to it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And there were times where I was like, okay, like, yep, that's been there. But not, you know, there was a spectrum. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. Because, yeah, it's...
2: Because
1: it's, it cuts between Bill, like, very clearly trying to... And successfully drugging and raping a child, to a very like you know to like mundane stories about you know uh, the three Jordan sisters' parents mm-hmm. having kind of just like a very slow speed. Bre- I don't even know if I call it a breakup, separation. just like separation. Yeah, like they're
0: all at dinner together at the end, so
1: yeah. Although they're trying... The sisters are trying to hook up each of their parents with other people.
0: Not the dad. He's into no one. Yes.
1: But they were willing to help him yeah. out. Anyway, but the point being that, like, it, it deals with, like, um, honestly, Joy's weird arc with the uh, Russian ESL man. Russian Vlad. guy, yeah. Vlad, uh, the actor whose name escapes me, even though I've seen yeah, him thousand times. Yeah, where do I know times. him from? I mean, he was on Mad Men. He played Lane Price on Mad Men. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. I, that's but, exactly
0: it oh my god the
1: name escapes me I can't remember oh my remember. god yeah, that's Lane
3: Price in, yeah. yeah oh my Lane god Price. that was it I can't it. remember his name right now but yeah he's wonderful but it? anyway
1: yeah he's great as Vlad mm-hmm. that whole arc I thought was really interesting because I felt like honestly each one of these threads could have been its own movie
0: yeah right. I was thinking the same thing
1: almost in terms of time as well as content but um, uh, because yeah that's the other thing that's the, that's the second trigger warning on this movie it is two and a half hours long which is fine so, it's like 210
0: 210
1: 219
0: yeah Kyle's just mad because I surprise. keep saying I won't Two, watch long movies and then watch you um, long movie.
1: but no like I, I thought that was a very interesting one because it was like the most fulfilling relationship that uh, Joy has oh, in the movie has,
2: yeah. yeah the most
1: fulfilling relationship that Joy has in the movie is with a guy who literally steals shit from her <laughs> and, and then <laughs> shakes her down for money and has, has his own family yeah
0: how did she not realize that her guitar was gone she's a musician
1: it's a good question I don't know
0: She's, I mean, she's a
3: musician in the way that, like, everybody who lives in a major city is a musician. Oh, okay. I like. All right. Yeah.
0: I don't, I thought she could have made it, but I don't know, I guess. She
3: maybe could. Again, I think uh, Joy is sort of the New York Gen X self-defeating protagonist that is the, the, the heartthrob of every Woody Allen film lover. Oh, yeah.
0: She's the Lena Dunham. Yeah,
3: yeah. She's, she, is, she is the Lena Dunham of this movie. And, uh... Wait, you're talking, I about, think, talking yeah. about Joy, right? Yeah. Yeah, Joy. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think the movie has almost as much contempt for her as it does for Bill, uh, which is an interesting... Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, it's weird. I didn't really get that yeah. sense. I felt like she was just like... Uh, well, see, her scenes, not necessarily, but I think the ethos of the movie when compared to the other scenes overall... Uh, I don't know. I got the sense that, that Joy was... Uh, sort of the I mean she's definitely the, the disappointment of, of, of her family you know, she's, like, just, yeah. she's she's the dis- tells her
0: explicitly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah, though yeah. it's weird
1: that she's uh, the disappointment of the family yeah. because it's like everybody talks shit about her but at the same time it's like well she's not doing anything wrong like how old is yeah. she like you figure like late 30.
2: 20s 30 oh she's 30 beginning. yeah fuck
3: that's fine whatever like look, it's not that, a big look, deal the reason that you like Joy is because she has internalized you know the, the various issues in her life the various mm-hmm. issues her family has placed upon her uh, in a way that is totally irrespective to how bad she actually is, right? But this movie uh, paints that as, like, it's rejecting that ethos of, like, self-flagellation over things that are outside of your control, and that as a pathology, and in many ways a sexual pass- pathology. Mm-hmm. She's clearly in a sadomasochistic relationship with this man, playing both mm-hmm. parts as you do in a, uh, you know, psychologically-based sadomasochistic relationship. She enjoys the pain of it, but she enjoys inflicting the pain on herself, uh, because, because of the feeling she has about herself.
1: That's interesting that you saw that because what I saw was mm-hmm. a little bit different in that it was more like she was like a, a little bit less defined that she was like attracted to what she was attracted to mm-hmm. and she was willing to put up, she was willing to deal with things like ha- being stolen from,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, That's the well, like not that she enjoyed it, that she was like, it was an acceptable sacrifice.
0: I don't, she, That's kind I mean, of the way I saw it. I, I wouldn't say she doesn't enjoy it just because the beginning is like her whole like, oh, I feel like so much negativity is coming on to me right now mm-hmm. after she had just broken up with someone mm-hmm. else. I don't, I don't know.
3: I mean, I, it's the difference in what people say they enjoy versus mm-hmm. what their actions tell you they enjoy. Okay. And if she didn't enjoy these things, she wouldn't make the decisions that she makes, I think. Uh, I'm trying to find this specific Orson Welles quote about why he hates Woody Allen, and I Oh, I've heard, it heard it it as well. Sums yes, up my feelings about joy in this movie, uh, or, or what I think the film's feelings about joy are, rather. But I'm, I'm struggling to find it. That's
1: interesting. It, it, it's oh wow. Okay, I mean, I mean, I know I'm out, I, I'm outnumbered and outvoted here. But like, honestly, like I, I don't know. I kind of felt like she was just kind of like trying to live her life, and that like she just she just like ran into this guy. She's just like, yeah, I want to bang that dude in my ESL class, and then just like, that thing happened, and she was like, alright, well, I'm probably not going to call you again, but can I have my stuff back?
0: I think oh, that's I felt st- like she was surprised by it, but yeah, go ahead. I think that's the
3: story of this movie, if that was the only storyline in this movie. But I think <laughs> when compared, when placed, when juxtaposed with the other stories in this movie, mm. you have to think about... You're forced to think about the psychoses that are at work in this person and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look critically at why they're doing what they're doing, there is no good explanation for Joy other than she is placing this on herself hmm. for a specific reason. This is the uh, Worst and quote. He has the Chaplin disease, that particular combination of arrogance and timidity that sets my teeth on edge. He is arrogant, and like all people with timid personalities, his arrogance is unlimited. Anyone who speaks quietly and shrivels up in in company is unbelievably arrogant. He acts shy, but he's not. He's scared, he hates himself, but he loves himself. And it's a very tense situation. It's people like, this is my favorite part. It's people like me who have to carry on and pretend to be modest. That's, that's <laughs> the end of the quote.
1: I love Orson Welles. Oh my
0: yeah. god, if Orson Welles like, gave that shriveling of a review of my very being, I don't even know what I would, like, yeah. what do you do? Woody Allen deserves
1: hair? it though. Yeah, I'm gonna, well, I'm
0: gonna, yeah. I'm
1: gonna go on a record fuck Woody Allen and fuck all of his movies. I hate Woody Allen.
0: I like some so of his movies. About. I hmm. um let's see. So yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, we could follow any of these These storylines. Well,
1: we haven't talked at all about Philip Seymour Hoffman's like arc yet, and he has the second most. uh, I would argue he has the most interesting arc, but the second most famous from the movie. So the way he is introduced, obviously, is like having very. Aggressive fantasies about his neighbor. And
3: let's I, I, I'm just going to briefly. Okay, Please. Let you finish the point. Uh, a woman chops up a man and puts her in, her in in his freezer in this movie, and that has not come up. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> because
1: it is, it is treated in the movie almost as an afterthought. Yeah. That comes yeah. out. Up, that comes up at like minute like hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have questions about that
0: too, but we can get to it later. Well, we'll
1: get to it very soon, <laughs> I'm sure. So Philip Seymour Hoffman has a compulsion. To make obscene phone calls to strangers, but he also has a specific, I would say, crush in, in, in the most, to put it more innocently than it needs to be, on his neighbor, who again is supermodel Lara Flynn Boyle. Um,
0: is she legit a supermodel?
1: In the '90s, she was. Okay, mm-hmm. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, She looks
0: like Liv Tyler for people who
1: haven't seen her. Um, But anyway, yeah. So he he is just like this very uh, uncomfortable looking person. He's a, you know, he's just kind of like a sad sack schlub who lives like alone in an apartment building. And very early on, he gets... I think, interrupted from his obscene phone calls by his neighbor, Mm -hmm. who, again, one of those that guy actresses who, like, whose name escapes me, but she's been in quite a bit. She's, like, She was
0: uh, Delia from Ghost Whisperer, for anybody who watched Ghost Whisperer. I was like, oh, I
1: know her. Gotcha.
0: But, yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. So... Neither of you guys watched Ghost Whisperer, clearly. Nope. Nope. Go on. Anyway.
1: (laughs) So she comes to uh Philip Seymour Hoffman's door and like to tell him this crazy story, but did you hear about Pedro? Is Pedro, right? Pedro. Pedro the doorman in our building. Um he got murdered and his dick got cut off. By the way, I've got two tickets for the playoffs if you wanna go with me. Yo. The weirdest, weirdest pickup uh, attempt I have ever seen in a movie. But um it was uh that that scene in particular uh oh yeah and then after he says no sorry i can't shuts the door on her she walks away and shreds Something the like tickets weird
0: and breathy i don't know yeah like, it's like, i sh- love philip seymour often but it was like whew, hard to watch yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: but I, I was curious about you guys is like i mean uh, take on that particular scene like the way it just like plays through like the dialogue between them two and the way that it ends with her like just walking away and just shredding the tickets because i um, watched it and i wasn't sure quite what to make of it
0: i feel like with almost all of these characters they go from very sympathetic to like less and less sympathetic and that's kind of how i felt with her was just like oh yeah like poor lady and it was kind of like the heart wants what it wants thing Mm -hmm. philip seymour hoffman wants this super bottle that lives next door when he could have this like seemingly nice woman who is legitimately interested in him and then you realize that it's just like so complicated and everyone's trying to rape everyone yeah we'll
1: fast forward real quick um the woman who uh we're talking about right now who comes up to Philip Seymour Hoffman again if you haven't seen the movie um turns out uh Pedro raped her in her apartment and so she killed him cut him up into little pieces has pieces of him still in her freezer and is throwing him away bit by bit Mm.
3: so Johnny Cash style one piece at a time (laughs) one
2: piece
1: at a time (laughs) exactly um, which is a, uh, a crime that is apparently discovered before the end of the movie by yeah. somebody and becomes a national sensation. Um, but yeah, this relationship between these two characters is so, um... Sweet. It's,
0: it's... <laughs> I mean, kind of, though. Kind of. It's
1: sweet yeah. in an insane way and insane in a sweet way, I would Ooh, say. Nice. It's, um, yeah, and the the crazy part is, she is literally just looking for a friend.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But the thing that, like, fucks with me about it is that, like, the catalyst for her apparently now reaching out to her neighbors to make a friend is the fact that she got raped and murdered her rapist. So mm. it's... it's. Uh, and again, this is not even the most disturbing part of this movie. Yeah. Let's, let's keep that in mind. Yeah, here. she
0: is, like, pretty low on the level of, like, actual psychos, but... So is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character the only one who knows that Pedro is dead? She tells Until the him, end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Seven. So nobody else knew. Because she comes to him as like, oh, like we're doing a collection for the funeral, blah blah blah. But like yeah. how would anyone else know he was dead? They didn't. They right? did not. No. I don't okay. think they she did was at lying. all. Yeah, okay. She
3: was just finding excuses to
0: talk to him. Gotcha. Best case gotcha, scenario gotcha. she walked away with twenty bucks. And <laughs> yeah. potentially funeral. a date. <laughs> and the foundation for a relationship. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah Best it's... case
1: scenario, she walks away with 20 bucks a date to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And we, we sort of
3: glazed over Lara Flynn Boyle a little bit, but Phil Seymour yeah. Hoffman does have this fixated relationship on Lara Flynn Boyle. And when we're first meeting her character sort of early on, she has this uh line which is uh, oh if only i had been raped as a child then i'd be able to be authentic oh, she's that God. kind of person yeah. yeah like
1: that the kind of person who like fetishizes other people's trauma because yeah. right. she's jealous yeah. of their quote unquote authenticity yeah right
0: she's which a I, writer in this i felt like that line was just too far too on the nose it was, yeah. on the nose but her, yeah. like her whole like uh oh, what do i know about getting raped like if only i'd been raped i was like Oh, okay. I see exactly. who As you a are. child,
1: she says no less. Like that's it's very specific what she says, and it's
0: yeah. Uh, gosh. And then she's like, she in entertains the whole Philip Seymour Hoffman obsession until it actually comes to fruition, potentially. And then she's like, "Oh, you're not my type." Well, like Philip Seymour uh,
3: Hoffman also has the same reaction, though. He right. is. He is illness into it when yes. he thinks that she is not and once yeah. he thinks that she yeah, wants him to rape her he, he loses interest <laughs> both yeah. of them coming I mean,
1: together was like, uh, the, like the ultimate version of like you think you know what you want so until uh, you get yeah. it which runs through the entire movie yeah. right
0: that editing was so great yeah. the song and then his like hovering hand yeah. the
1: slowest I, legitimately I thought it was a freeze frame for a while yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, but it was, um, yeah, they're, when they finally come together, it's, it's, all, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable, but also not that uncomfortable because you kind of see what's about to happen, which is nothing. Yeah. You see, like, you, it's kind of telegraphed from a little ways away, I feel like, um, but not in a way that diminishes the scene. It makes it, like, you know what they're about to find out as they're figuring it out
0: yeah right. is it bad that i was like kind of rooting for them like i was like you know you to maybe... make it i yeah, kind of yeah. did like i w- at least wanted them to try because it was like maybe this is going to be good for the sister and maybe like th- i don't know this is actually what he wants in a less
1: adventurous director's hands that's what would have happened
0: yeah for
3: sure there's a lot of that line in this movie. yeah in a different person's hands this movie <laughs> could have been terrible and I th- I mean, yeah. it is terrible in its own or way. Or safe.
0: Like, yeah. much more safe. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. But
3: also tasteless.
0: I would say yeah. this movie is, uh, I mean, okay, it's, it's, it's,
3: I'm not going to sit here and claim it's not tasteless. But <laughs> uh, the movie is, it has heart.
0: Yeah. yeah I think it's the sympathy-empathy thing is totally accurate. So, yeah. actually,
3: like, this is kind of, a, I mean
1: we're getting pretty deep into it here, but I'm very curious as to, like, what do you think, like, the takeaway from this... Like, Jeb, what do you think the tape- takeaway from this movie is? And what do you think Todd Salons may have wanted the takeaway from this movie to be?
3: I, I mean, the primary thing is just you can have room in your heart to have empathy for anyone, right? Like, that, that's something that we need to be capable of, and we need to be able to look at people to a certain degree without... Judgment, mm. uh, and 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 you know, you make judgments in this movie. You're supposed to make judgments in mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. You are not a human being if you do not make judgments in this <laughs> right. movie. Right? Yeah. But I, I think he is promoting a virtue of uh, try to understand people, and also I think the sub virtue of that of uh, well, I, I think the other thing he's trying to get across is uh, as far as what people should take for their own lives mm-hmm. is try to live your life with less shame. Because at least you're not these people to kind of a degree, and that <laughs> that that sort of brings worse. me to the end of the movie, which I I think is uh, about shame uh, to a high degree. It's it's interesting of it, that but, you mention that because
1: yeah. I just the other night I can't re- I'll, I'll never remember it and I'll never find it in time. But like I re- just the other night I read um, an interesting quote about like when we read about war and like intense battles and things like Mm -hmm. that like when we read about Verdun and Stalingrad we should do it not in an armchair when we're comfortable by the fire but we should do it like at low points in our life basically to like remind us that like oh yeah life can get way way worse than it is Mm -hmm. whatever is is vexing you right now it can get way way worse and I didn't think about it until right now but I feel like that's kind of one of like the smaller themes to this movie it's like Whatever trouble you might be having in your romantic life, you're not in these scenarios where even like, even the least extreme one of the even the most the least extreme ones where like, you're getting ripped off by a Russian gangster or your partner of forty years is decided to leave you for no specific reason. No. Those are all pretty bad situations on their own. But at the same time, it's like and and so like I wouldn't necessarily say that those are. <laughs> not that bad but at the same time it's like you know when we we're watching it, it's like we can always take a little bit of solace and being like yeah life gets real intense for some people mm-hmm. and it kind of presents that idea of like you don't know who it's getting real intense for you know the idea of just kind of like the anonymous the unexamined life the anonymous person who could be having this very extreme experience right yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, he wasn't a gangster, he was independent. But, You're right, yeah. My bad. Um yeah, I do. I think I agree with both of you that it's it's kind of an exercise in empathy of just like there are normal the people who are doing things that seem so like horrific on the news and stuff are just they're normal people. They're people you can know. I the specifically the Maplewood storyline reminded me of um Broadchurch. Do you either of you guys mm-hmm. watch that with David Tennant? Mm-hmm. Um I watched the the British version, but there's an American version as well. And I think they're pretty much the same, but, um, without spoiling it, kind of one of the themes of the end is like, how could you not know something like this is going on under your own roof? And, and it's because people are people and you don't see the parts of them that you don't see. And, you know, so I don't know.
3: Here's, here's a question I posed to the room. Uh, would you rather have lunch with Bill Maplewood or the father of the child who got raped? (laughs) <laughs> honestly Ooh, yeah
1: the the the, the dad uh, what's his name the the dad of the kid i honestly i felt like he was unpleasant but palatable in a weird way like i found honestly even bill's presentation to the world was so uncomfortable to me because it was like this movie drove home with a sledgehammer the point that bill maplewood Everything in his life is a performance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because his performance is so big and broad and theatrical in every aspect of his life. Um, that made me that would make me very uncomfortable in real life, partly because I would assume he's probably hiding a very dark secret like that.
0: Yeah. Pers- uh, no, yeah personally. Yeah yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think you could ask the same question with Philip Seymour Hoffman's character though. When he played Normal, he played Normal really well. Like mm-hmm. you would just believe that's like, you know, kind of the awkward game, <laughs> okay, right? Ah, yeah, like yeah. he was I was like I would believe that's just a, like a, you know, he's he's weird but not that weird kind of guy and you're like, uh, but he's also making phone calls and sticking postcards to his wall with
1: <laughs> He yeah, that part <laughs> I'm I'm Ooh, glad slash not glad that you mentioned that because I had completely forgotten that. God happened.
0: bless the SMX department department in this. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Um but oh yeah, and we mentioned earlier the uh the the final moment of this movie. Mm. The last sequence kinda deals with like the family of the three Jordan sisters and their parents mm-hmm. getting together in Florida and um after Six months after the events of the of the main story, where we assume that you know Bill is probably either in jail or he killed himself, um, and all, everybody else is like.
0: I thought he was gonna kill himself when they like looked back at the house and it was the spray paint. I was like, he's gonna be hanging himself outside the window.
1: Legit, probably. Not he what re- happened, he so. probably did. Like, uh, yeah. I, w- I, I, well, <sighs> I don't really I into that. Anyway, but no, anyway, like the the family is like together. It's like the three sisters and their parents and like the kids are together and they're just like having a normal-ish conversation, even though Laura Flynn Boyle is trying to hook up both of her parents with other people, which is kind of unusual.
0: Not her dad. Her dad's into no one. Well, she tried. She tried.
1: And he said no. Nah. Because <laughs> I'm an old grouch. Are
0: your yep. parents
1: divorced, huh? Oh yes, yes, yes,
3: yeah. I don't feel like that that's weird. No, I trying to, to hug your, your parents together. Probably not when they're the the, the not when
1: the they're at the same table. I would say, yeah, and when they're have a comfortable
3: yeah. relationship. I don't. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't. My family's never been that comfortable. Maturity, but anyway, the and and it kind of it deals goes to the oldest son of. Bill Maplewood, Billy Maplewood, who had very uncomfortable discussions with his dad throughout the movie. Uh, but spying... sex
0: positive—that's important <laughs> in parenting.
1: Sex positive, but also like we, uh, we. Know it was what's...
0: uncomfortable to watch, but you know what?
1: We know what's going on, though. That's I'm the problem. Oh, that's yeah, that's, that's that the too. thing that we 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 know. Yeah. Know. Um, but uh, spying on a woman down at the pool, and then he he jerks off and we see a little spritz on the railing. Mm -hmm. The dog licks it up Mm -hmm. and then goes over and licks his mom on the face. (laughs) It was after a movie full of cringy, uncomfortable scenes, that was probably (laughs) the most uncomfortable way it could have possibly ended, in my opinion.
0: And then after licking the mom's face, he comes in and says, I came. And 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 then it holds, holds, holds holds holds.
1: black credits <laughs> Double and up from me. that I was, was yeah. Yeah.
0: I would I say thought,
1: strong
0: ending yes
1: very weird ending
0: I thought so many times like how is this gonna end like mm-hmm. how are we gonna end this movie and I was like that. you know what that's yeah that was good and
3: it's it's a we perfect ending to this movie because it is both a hopeful note and not a hopeful yeah. note this is this is the, 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 yeah this is my analysis. because uh so, and, this is the last yes. time in that kid's life that he's not going to feel shame about sex. Because you can feel it coming. Yeah. He just sure. said, I uh, came to a room full you... of, his, of his female family members. Yeah, and closely. as soon as he said that, it's going to be, what the fuck did you just do, Billy? And you know, for the rest of his life, this is the origin story of someone with sexual hangups, And, uh, you know... In a positive note for the kid, it was an adult woman he was masturbating to. So uh, at least we think he uh, escaped yeah. his father's affection. Yeah, he's gonna
0: go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. he
1: might. Yeah. He might go. He might honestly swing the opposite direction. Quite sure. honestly, but no. Uh, the
0: uh, what's the opposite direction? Just normal? No, just being into
1: like much, much older. Oh, women. Okay, right, right. Anyway, but no, like um, hey, nothing wrong with that. If I okay. can't remember how you phrased it, but basically, like it seemed like it was the perfect ending in the sense that it was like he got exactly what he wanted but he also kind of the, the look on his face was like i just realized this wasn't as earth shattering as i was hoping it was going mm. to be which seems to be the, one of the many through lines through this movie that are not quite as hammered home i don't know i kind of felt like a lot of these things like one of the unspoken things throughout the movie was like getting exactly what you want is not all cracked up to me. Yeah,
3: mm. pleasure is different from happiness is definitely a major thing. Precisely. Ooh, yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I wanted to say that ending is almost a mirror image of the ending of Welcome to the Dollhouse, his previous oh. movie. Uh, okay. Welcome to the Dollhouse, like I said, it's about an annoying child right. and basically figuring out why this child is the way she is. Right. Essentially. And, um, the ending of that movie is the, uh, the main character whose name is escaping me, uh, is Wiener, sitting, Gret- uh, something, Gretchen- something, not Gretchen
1: Wiener, but something no, Wiener Wieners,
3: Wieners. No, something Wieners, yeah. No, uh, yeah, cause we, she was in, that that would the be family a was the Wieners, yeah. yeah. family was the Wieners. Um, she's sitting on a school bus, she's going on a class, like, choir trip, mm-hmm. and, uh, everyone else is singing, uh, uh, some bust song that you sing when you're a kid, and she's sitting in the back of the bus, looking out the window as we slowly pull in on her face, and then we get the audio of her, and she is quietly to herself singing a different song from everyone else. And the, uh, the way it's a mirror image is she didn't get anything that she wanted in this movie. Mm-hmm. Everything is terrible for her. But th- in that last moment, the sense that you're left with is... The things that make her unique and different from everyone else are going to serve her well later in life, and she's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's sort of a peaceful ending to this movie, Mm -hmm. uh, after what is like a stressful and uncomfortable movie overall. And this is sort of the opposite of that. This is uh, the kid got what he wants. He thinks he's having this epiphany, this realization. You get this shot of his face where it's just like joy and like. It's almost like the last shot of The
1: Graduate. Yeah. You get exactly
3: what you want, and you realize, uh-huh.
1: not as great as
3: I built yeah. it up to be. <laughs> right, and so, yeah, that's the opposite ending. It's you get what you want, and then, but we know... It's not going to be okay because yeah. he's a human being, and he's going to have hang-ups and he's going to have shame. And look, I've been saying I'm a lot of negative things.
0: because of he's never going to forget
3: yeah. who his dad
1: is. He's like that's going to haunt him for the rest of his fucking I would, life.
3: I want to clarify that I'm pro shame as like a, <laughs> as a as a tool for a social like conformity. Oh, you're Catholic too. not have okay. a society without shame. Like it just wouldn't work. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, right. It, that's that's how you get people to not be
1: heathens. Mm, sure.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Now we're getting. <laughs> Fairly I close mean, to time. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. We have too much shame as a society, I would say. Oh, we do you, like, too we much. don't have to get but, into
1: that. Too yeah. much in some places, not, not enough balance. in others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, okay. So we're getting pretty close to time. But I was curious as to you guys' opinions about this movie being billed as a comedy drama. Like, drama, perfect sense. Yes. The comedy yes. angle of it. I don't think there was a single part in this movie that I honestly thought was fu- funny. You know, there's parts where it seemed obvious that they were trying to make it jokey, mm. but they always seemed far more sad than funny. Okay. I was curious as to your thought. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I thought it was legitimately funny at some really? point. Really? Like, okay. Honestly. I, yeah. Um, yeah. There. It is never funny without the tinge of, like, Ugh. but, like, I don't, the... And there wasn't. It wasn't like like bad Santa where it was like ah ha ha, I'm laughing out loud. But there were moments where it was just like oh that's pretty funny. I'm trying to think they, they came more at the beginning than mm-hmm. at the end for sure. Um, oh, the, they
3: definitely came at the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of them ah! uh, Um, that's, so the person we watched had subtitles. Oh, <laughs> and they misspelled come every time oh. <laughs> but anyway um how'd they spell it like come like, like c-o-m-e i'm i'm coming to your house gotcha like, that kind of come not gotcha anyway not important Wait,
3: how do you suppose to spell it c-u-m gotcha mm-hmm. I'm, 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 like, I'm joking like coming
0: yeah. georgia yeah like coming georgia, like like coming
3: georgia yeah. oh, great hometown yeah
0: gotcha. um <laughs> yeah so that's where jeb and i are from just mm-hmm. for our foreign listeners <laughs> um I, yeah, there were, I'm trying to think of, like, the actual funny parts. But, I mean, at the end, the, um, like, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I'm not laughing. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, yeah, that was good.
0: good. <laughs> the part with Molly Shannon where, like, she was like, oh, who's that guy? Who's Hey, do you know that guy? No, I don't know that guy. Like, when they go all around yes. and then they're like, oh. And it's, like, about a guy who committed suicide. That was 100% the funny. part
1: I was thinking of when I was, like, they are obviously trying to make it jokey, but I didn't think it was funny. It was oh, just okay. sad. I was like, this is, like gut-wrenching even though john Lovis was a piece of shit in that first scene Uh, for i mean a third of that first scene anyway i mm -hmm. was just like oh god this is just uncomfortable i don't know uncomfortable would be the my one word review of the whole movie but still Um,
0: sure absolutely and i think that's intentional like i think without a doubt without a doubt so yeah would you guys say this
3: movie is successful
0: yeah i think
3: do what it set out to do well
0: it took me a long time to realize what it was setting out to do, but by the mm-hmm. end, I was like, "Yeah, mission accomplished."
1: I would say so. Uh, in this, yeah, I, w- I would say so. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think good art makes you feel something, and that doesn't always have it doesn't always have to make you feel something good. Although I would say like this movie skirts
1: yeah. a very fine line, because I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Good art does that, but also like you can just just being a provocateur is. Much much easier than being an artist. Sure, but I wouldn't
3: say that described this movie at all. Not at all. Has, but, uh, we, line, but you
1: you must agree that like there's yeah. a lot of provocative material sure. in it. Yeah, and that's why I say yeah, it skirts cool. a fine line there. It's because like this movie could oh, is
3: very fine.
1: Th- line. It's it's not hard to make a movie with a bunch of shocking stuff in it. Yeah, this but... movie is not
3: pink flamingos. <laughs> right. Um, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen that one, which before. has its own merits,
1: I would say. Yeah, but pink still, still, yeah,
0: pink flamingos is also great. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. I I do think I think this was purposeful. I don't think it was. Once I started seeing it as like, oh, this is an art piece. Like he means this to mm-hmm. be unpleasant at points oh, and uncomfortable without a doubt, yeah. the whole time. Basically, yeah, reframing mm-hmm. it like that made it different for me. And I do think I, it was interesting once I realized, like, oh, he's like he's pushing buttons and trying to see where where your personal line of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's uncomfortable. Oh is. yeah. Which I said I would go back to this, but I I think. As I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, okay, like I get it." But then it's definitely explicit when he comes to the last conversation with the father and son, where the son <laughs> is like, "I mean, that was oh.
1: that interrogation went on so much longer than I felt like it needed Ooh. to." But at the but at the same time, I felt like Todd Salons recognized that and did that on purpose. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. But the it, was purposefully um, uncomfortable, uncomfortably slow, I thought, but his whole like, oh, like, the son is asking questions, I won't go through all of them, but the son is asking questions and the father is kind of answering them honestly and, like, you see when he hits that line of, like, no, I wouldn't do that, but I would do this. And you're yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, oh, like, everybody's got that line and you kind of, I don't know, I, like, I'm curious if your, you guys' lines was different than mine.
1: So... All right, for one thing, one thing I didn't mention early on that I, uh, was that we all kind of recognize that, like, sex offenders in general are, like, society's biggest villains in real life. Would that, would you agree? Like, I mean, you can kill 20 people and become a cult hero, you can, but if you, if you, like, you know, if you're, like, a child rapist, there is no hero worship, there's no, like, Lionization, uh, you know, it, There's, so
0: yeah, those are stories of like good people reason. in prison getting attacked because they are child molesters or, or and stuff straight or by, by or other people yeah, in prison, without a anymore. doubt. Like, yeah. yeah, a good
3: example of that was when uh, Milo Yiannopoulos came out that people found out he was a uh, pedophile, and he was immediately attainted by all of his fans who are let's be very Nazis. fair. Yes. Pedophile apologists, yeah, literally yes. Nazis, yeah, yeah. literally Nazis, yeah. And they're like, Well, the Nazis going, Whoa, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: not yeah, I want to be lumped in with
1: that degenerate, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, exactly. So, the idea of trying to, I wouldn't even say sympathize, but humanize in like create characters who are society's biggest villains and make them flesh-and-blood characters was obviously a bold choice. I mean, like, there's—you <laughs> can't—you know we yeah. can say it wasn't a bold choice. I, do you think that he was intending for this movie to become more accepted than it was? No. No. Okay.
0: I don't think you can make a, tra- a, a movie about pedophiles that shows them this empathetic. I mean, there was only one in the movie, expect- let's be
1: fair,
2: but—
0: Yeah, that's fair. All right. (laughs) Yes, but uh, degenerates of different. I I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's like calling people and like that was still assault. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, without a doubt, yeah. So degenerate, sexual degenerates in different frames. And I'm, yeah, I'm not trying to be like throw shame on people, but like you are. It's okay to throw shame on pedophiles. It's probably okay. There are victims to different people in this movie's behavior, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can make this movie and think it's going to be a, a mess. It's going to no.
1: No, I was never expecting this to be like the blockbuster hit of the summer. But I mean,
0: before they had Avengers,
1: and- <laughs> you literally can't even find this movie. No, anymore. it used to be
0: on Amazon. Yeah. It's not anymore. It's yeah. not
3: available to stream anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it recently had a Blu-ray release, but until that, it was only available on the very original DVD release. Yeah, because it yeah. never had a VHS release either. Uh,
0: yeah, which I mean. I would not recommend this movie for everyone it's it's a stretch but it's kind of a like you should be stretched like this once in a while absolutely especially I mean I am the one who's like sugar plum fairies and like I just want a happy ending and a Disney movie so the fact that I can sit through this and be like okay I think I'm better for it it means yeah. like a lot of people can
3: you guys reactions to this are kind of the opposite of what I expected because oh. you seem to be you seem to be way more on board with this movie than Kyle <laughs> <laughs> oh no I, the, yeah. I
0: totally expected the opposite too I didn't yeah. think I would be the defender and you would be the, mm-hmm. the devil's advocate but I,
1: I, I totally understand why you both say that even though
3: one of you have only met
0: like sure, within the met, last hour but... <laughs> but, um, I find men in general
3: generally have a better reaction to this movie so okay. uh, yeah. there's okay.
0: definitely a, a, f- a feminine angle to this where it's just like yeah uh, like this has put me off men <laughs> dating in general people yeah. children for sure yeah. I thought maybe Tr- uh, Trish was my least favorite character no it's Tommy the littlest kid don't like him yeah, he was not the in, worst not Terrible. on board he was awful very very but, bad but yeah no I mean for sure this like this was very cringy and hard for me to watch, but I do, I see the merits of it.
1: So I'm curious, like, first of all, uh, what, uh, Jeb, since you brought this to the table, you've clearly, have you, have you watched this more than like one or two times?
3: I've probably seen this four or five times.
1: Okay. What would you say is your big, uh, all, like not just your first time watching it, but like ultimately what would you say is like your biggest takeaway from this movie? Cause we're getting basically close to time here. I'm kind of yeah. curious as to like how you, what you take away from this movie.
3: I take away from this movie that we close ourselves off to things Mm -hmm. and we find it, I think as time goes on, this movie is going to become more and more relevant because as we uh, more and more only interact with people who see the world the same way we do, Mm -hmm. uh, our empathy muscle atrophies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it is a wonderful thing that someone made a movie that is just about empathy and telling you that, I don't know. Like, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Sure. But all these people should definitely be stoned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Still yeah. kill him, but yeah. look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Look at your choices. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, go- did you have takeaways from mm-hmm. this? I, I want to know first-time viewers as well, which both of us are. <laughs> right,
1: okay. I was going to go to you first, but... Um, uh-huh. no, Aha. <laughs> beat me to it. Um, honestly, like, I... <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm glad I watched this movie, but I'm glad I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that like this, it, it does paint a picture of like showing a spectrum of like how bad things can get in some ways. Because everybody's got their problems. Like that's kind of just like a universal theme that everybody's got their problems that you never know about. But this shows it in the most stark and extreme. Uh, terms Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean i i felt like it was something that it shows a side of uh our society that you don't see reflected in in culture in like Mm -hmm. popular culture in general and in in any like major mediums like you don't see this in in films with big stars in Mm -hmm. and there's a handful of big stars in this Mm -hmm. movie um, so I would say it has definitely, it's got its merits. I would be hard pressed to say who I would recommend this movie for. Uh, people who
3: do a movie podcast who you want to make uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. People That's, who say,
0: what movie should I watch? And then you're forced to. You know, to.
1: those people, the, the, that demographic of people Wait, that, that you people all know. Are you making
0: movie podcasts?
3: No, no one's ever done it before.
1: Yeah, we're, break, we're breaking <laughs> new grounds. We are <laughs> internet pioneers. <Amazing. laughs> um, I mean, I appreciate boldness for the sake of boldness. Um, even if, whether it is pink flamingos or uh, or or happiness, you know, it's it there's. There's a lot to be said for doing something that no one else is willing to do.
3: Absolutely, mm. this movie, yeah, this movie is valuable if for no other reason than there is no other movie like it. Absolutely, and it,
2: and it, <laughs> it sheds,
1: and it shed, and again, it sheds light in no uncertain terms mm. what is potentially going on in the lives of others. Sometimes it's mundane, sometimes it's very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um. And I, and I'm full disclosure, my dad was a retired cop, and so like that's something that like. I I have always grown up with, like, the full understanding of be aware of what is lurking in the shadows.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, That I feel like a lot of people tend to either not recognize at all or just choose to ignore. Mm -hmm. So this movie definitely, I feel like, drove home points that I was already kind of aware of. Mm -hmm. But um, I wouldn't say that that, I mean, that's not a negative. I'm just saying that that is the case in my experience Mm -hmm. um but kari what is your takeaway from this film um
0: i mean i think i well i just read um the gift of fear by gavin de becker okay so a big theme of that book is like you people around you can be dangerous and i think this has a similar i think this is less about danger and more about just like see the people around you and that's the gift of fear thing is just like people don't want to actually see what's going on around them because that makes them responsible for what's going Mm -hmm. on around them. Mm -hmm. If you see something and don't act, then you are responsible when something happens. Um, And I think this has kind of a similar theme, but less less about danger and more about just like kind of human suffering. Like look around you and see the people that you are dealing with because nobody wants to talk about the stuff that they have to deal with, but like everybody... Everybody has to deal with something. Like, if somebody would have just like acknowledged what Dr. Maplewood was going through and been like, dude, seek help, maybe he wouldn't have acted on it. He was seeking help. He was seeking help. He said something about being sick and like nobody wants to hear it and no one wants anyone to actually hear it. So
1: No, he was actually going to a therapist, remember?
0: Right, but I don't think he ever talked about. He talked about he like talk the about dreams it. of shooting up the the park, yeah. but not not about the pedophilia. He told his right. wife that he was sick, but that yeah. was when she was like sleeping. And so
3: I, I think one of the uh, I don't know, great thing about this movie, if everyone had seen and accepted this movie, right in this in this fantasy world of mine, if everyone <laughs> in the world had seen and accepted this mm-hmm. movie, uh, the Bill Maplewoods of the world could seek help. It was, that, right. Right. Like, that was actually going
1: to be my other major yeah. takeaway that I forgot to mention
3: yeah. seek yeah. help
0: if you could be as period. honest as the Maplewood kid mm-hmm. and as empathetic
3: as this yeah. movie wants you to be right yeah. but like
0: the father and son so the father who is legitimately the worst character in this movie the relationship he has with his son is so open and honest and if you could have that relationship with with someone just one person in your life like you could potentially avoid some of this stuff. Even I I don't feel like we deep dived as much into Philip Seymour Hoffman's character and his mm-hmm. psychosis, because he's the other bizarre. He's the other sex
1: offender, like objectively.
0: even And this movie is a definition
3: of
1: a lot going on. So oh, yeah. without a doubt. It's this it's could be very easily guys. a four hour episode about a two hour movie. Yeah.
0: Any of these, <laughs> like any of these characters could have a full movie just about their story. Absolutely. But um I think Besides, so Christina obviously has a victim because like she murdered someone, but it was someone who attacked her. So I feel like it's a little different. That's an acceptable
1: target. N- uh, next
0: Yeah. So so they are really uh, Doctor Maplewood and I I totally forget Philip Seymour Hoffman's character um, name. Alan. So the two of them I, are the actual legitimate pedophile or not pedophiles. Sex uh, offenders. Sex offenders. Mm-hmm. They like if they would have just had somebody. What? Well, Oh my gosh! It's all coming clear to me. Alan's therapist was, was Maplewood. Maplewood, Maplewood yeah, yeah. Okay. And he wasn't paying
1: attention. And yep. he wasn't paying attention. Not only was he, not only was he a pedophile and child molester. He was a shitty therapist. He was a
0: bad therapist. He, he was just a bad, bad dude his all job. around. Bad he was a good husband, around. but everything else just He was bad. an okay husband. He was an okay husband.
1: But he said that stuff about his wife not wanting to have sex. I didn't buy that for a second. That was
3: just a that You was think a she did he, he was honest with her about it. He yeah. said, it's me. I, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. it's me. You know, the they were wrong, like, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, they, if either of them had had somebody to actually listen to them, I think it would have been different better therapist that's what we need yeah well maplewood i your I, game. The,
1: I think the suggestion was that maplewood was not being 100 he he was a bad therapist to Alan, and he was not being honest with his own therapist right
0: so mm-hmm. well he was being honest about the shooting up dream which seemed legit he just mm-hmm. wasn't he wasn't really getting to the heart of the issue which we
1: could have talked a lot about this but i felt like you know if he had actually gone on a shooting spree he would have been more sympathetic overall than having been a multi serial shop molester
0: really Oh you know, instead instead, instead. instead okay. yes <laughs> I was like I don't know we are kind of had on great two kids oh no
1: but he shot a bunch of people oh okay
0: well, all right that's he's fine clearly got pent up aggression mm-hmm. yeah no, that's, no that's not what i'm saying at all <laughs> uh, okay i got you um yeah anything else any other things that stuck out to people that they wanted to discuss? I'm willing to leave it
1: there i mean like we could like i said we could talk for hours about this but honestly i feel like we covered the major points
0: yeah sure sure uh, yeah i agree cool. Well, Jeb, thank you for bringing your movie to us. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the podcast as our first guest. I'm
3: sorry I didn't pick the neon demon.
0: (laughs) Next uh, time. Next next episode. No,
3: this was... I'm... I mean, I. Uh, to be I'm... fair, The Neon Demon has a scene where people cut up and eat a woman and then, like, put their blood inside of their. Wow, we. Spoiler so, alert. Spoiler wow. alert. So the Neon Demon. Uh, okay. So, not that much better. So, what you're saying as we watched
1: Happiness to, like, set the bar <laughs> yeah. so that we can watch something like that <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> be okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This,
0: this is This is fine. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, this was, this was good. I think, as far as recommending it, I, you probably covered it, Kyle. Limited but
1: I, recommendation.
0: <laughs> I would recommend it to people who know what they're getting into or. Who are open to absolutely. things, but yeah, I yeah, I'm glad I saw it.
1: Yeah, um, I, again, if only for if for no other reason than I would have never watched it of my own accord. So having somebody else kind of more or less peer pressure me into it, I appreciate that.
3: that's What this podcast is absolutely. Uh, yeah, always ask consent, folks, before making people watch this movie. That's, absolutely, that's, that's the lesson. Lesson. smart
0: <laughs> move. Yeah, it's the mature way to handle it. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
1: definitely. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, um, yeah, we're bringing, getting pretty close to the end here. Jeb, uh, before we let
3: you go, any plugs, anything that you want to let us know about? Do I want to plug anything that I do after I just defended a pedophile movie? <laughs> Should you defended a, a, a
1: pedophile call? movie, not a pedophile. It's very fair. clear about yeah.
3: that. Uh, we take Jake. this very seriously on SoundCloud. It's a podcast about tabletop gaming and Joe on a Boat on YouTube. Excellent. Joe on a Boat, a channel that is obliquely also about sexual assault but not really it's about having empathy with people
0: having empathy with people who commit sexual assault no it's about <laughs> an, it's about an old man
3: who knows he comes off as creepy and is always trying to reassure people that he is not but it just digs himself into deeper holes mm. yeah
0: roughly but it,
3: he is a good person at heart gotcha okay. yeah
0: joe on a boat and we, we take we just, this very seriously we take, we this, take this very seriously, seriously. Excellent. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having
3: me. All right.
1: And uh, I guess that brings us to our recommendation for next week. And, uh, Kari, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's my turn. It is is your
0: turn.
1: Excellent. So, next week, we got a real classic. And I thought long and hard about this for the last hour.
0: A real classic?
1: In addition to being, I feel like, a legitimized classic film. It's a real bro classic. I don't know if you're ready for that part of it. Uh Uh, It's one of those movies that they can probably never, that can probably never escape its reputation and for good reason, but I still find it to be super interesting for its own reasons. It deals with arguably the ultimate boys' club, but it has a very uh, interesting women's perspective in the narrative as well. Uh, It is an exploration of a lifestyle where everything comes pretty easy and how it can all fall apart at the drop of a hat. The movie is. Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: it is a movie that I don't necessarily love as much as the first time I saw it, but I still find fascinating for different reasons, and I'm very excited to hear your first-time viewer's take on it. Um, yeah, Goodfellas, and um, I'm I'm very excited to just discuss it.
0: Okay, excited Sounds to watch cool. it. How long is it? What's the runtime?
1: Oh, like, 13 hours and 20 minutes or something like that
0: Uh,
1: but it's a fast 13 hours and 20 minutes it's a it's a honestly like legitimately I feel like the movie is like three hours long but it moves
3: the thing about that movie is every time you think you're out it pulls you back in
0: ooh okay Jeb you're still in studio just like Godfather
1: just like Godfather Part 3 um
0: oh
1: goodness but anyway yeah um so yeah Goodfellas for next week and happiness this week oh what I, I I, I'd be amazed. I would love to hear from anybody that we've sold on the movie Happiness this week. Please, yeah, please yeah. let us know if we have convinced you to watch this movie. Hit
3: me up. You might be my new best friend.
1: Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, Jeb, again, thank you so much. Thank you uh, so. Yeah,
3: thanks. I'm a big fan of the podcast, by the way. I didn't say that. Right oh, again. well, I thank you. To every episode. It's great.
0: Thanks. Oh my gosh, it's the best. best. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right,
3: well. Yeah, my recommendation means anything. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's how you get on this podcast. If you're a big fan, let us yeah. know. <laughs> we might let you talk out loud on the podcast.
3: That, give us a hot
1: take, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, until next week, I am Kyle. I'm Kari. And we'll see you next time.
0: When yeah. a life has turned into a mess.
2: I know that I don't dare to in my search for happiness where are you I've searched so long for you happiness what are you